We could pickle that. Gotcha. We can pickle that. It's so good. Oh, we'll be pickling that. We can pickle that. Hi there. Welcome to Baseball by Design. I am your host, Paul Caputo, and I'm very happy today to be joined by Alan Miller, who is the co-owner with former Seattle Seahawks punter John Ryan, by the way, of the Portland Pickles, which is a collegiate summer level team that has gained a lot of attention through some pretty brilliant marketing and a really fun logo and nickname and these great stories that the team tells and this fantastic social media presence. So I want to just, I want to jump right in, Alan, because it's very important. This, this series is all about the hyper local connection that these nicknames have to their local community. So I'm just going to ask you, Portland, Oregon is the pickle capital of the world, I assume. Yes. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Well, thank you for having me, Paul. (laughs) We, uh, we definitely have pickles. <laughs> I would say the other part of that is we are often in a pickle. All right. I would add to that there are so many things that are pickled in Oregon. <laughs> so you can choose any one of those pieces to explain our nickname. Let's together, let's name 10 things in Portland that are pickled. Uh, Mary and Berries. Uh, livers, <laughs> Marionberries. Do they really? Do they really pickle uh, Marionberries? Uh, everything. Everything has Marionberries, so there's no reason why you wouldn't ferment that. <laughs> that does remind me of uh, one of my favorite sketches in the TV show Portlandia, where uh, Fred Armisen and uh, Carrie Brownstein are just dropping all sorts of random things into pickle jars and and just yelling, "We could pickle that!" I guess the. I mean, the the fun thing about this really is like. Portland and pickles both start with P, right? Like you, you have the alliteration there. But in, in a more metaphorical way, naming a baseball team after pickles, embracing that and playing it up and just being all things pickle on, on social media really accentuates this sort of keep Portland weird atmosphere that there is in, in Portland, Oregon. So it's, I, I see the Portland pickles nickname as a, as a metaphor for the weirdness of Portland, Oregon. I love that. I'll go with that. I think that's uh, I think that's terrific. You know, it's interesting because I think when people first hear it, they have so many different things come to their mind, um, and so many people like see it completely different. And I've 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 had conversations with people that for quite a while, and they're like, and I'm like, you realize it is a baseball term, also, and they're like, uh-huh. wow, and then their <laughs> mind just explodes. So there are um, there are so many ways to to do that. I actually think it's really important that it's a baseball term. I I I, I do consider myself a traditionalist in a lot of these senses, um, from a design perspective, aesthetic, um, and and so yes. So I think that, and this may be a bit of a pet peeve of mine, is that I think when you do there has to be ties to what you're to outside of it being a wacky name. Mm-hmm. You got to come up with, I think the best, the best names are fun, but they reflect the sport and community in a new way. And I think that's what we got very lucky with the, the traction that we've gotten with the pickles, because, you know, we, like you said, we find people that name their dog pickles. Uh, <laughs> we find people that have named kids or nicknames or pickles. So there is a very broad group of people we've been able to go after and, we just assume that if you like regular eating pickles or your name's pickles, then you're probably going to need to uh, take part in what we're doing. I have a buddy uh, from college who, you know, I lost touch with after college. His name is Kevin Shanley. Kevin, if you're out there, I hope you hear this, but his nickname was Pickles. And uh, I'm sure these are the stories that you hear all the time. Uh, in fact, it took me a second to remember what was his actual name because he was, you know, he was doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, what about what about if you're someone like me who who loves dill pickles, but hates the sweet pickles? Totally fair. I think that's okay. a, I think it's it's important to have your perspective. I think that there are everyone has a line, a pickle line they don't want to. Talk. <laughs> I'm a dill guy. You don't want to get into the sweet and sour. Or then there's the guy that says I'll take them all, but you can't put it on pizza. And there's the guy that says you can put it on pizza. And then there's the guy that says you can put it in a pie. <laughs> that's, that's a big line too. So if you can get past pickles on pizza and in a pie, then then you're all in. Then you're just a hundred percent your your Kevin Shanley level pickles right there. That's right. So I want to talk a lot about the baseball team, of course, but 
the social media presence that you all have generated has been really significant. You know, it's really been funny to see these these sometimes multinational corporations reaching out to you, the baseball team, with questions about pickles, right? Like, or like, hey, Portland Pickles, is this you? I, how'd you do it? I mean, how did you develop uh, this? And I, I'll backtrack a little bit, right? Because here's a collegiate summer level baseball team. There are countless of them in the United States. You know, the, I guess you could probably count them. I have not done that, but there are dozens, if not hundreds of collegiate summer level baseball teams. Out of all of those teams, it's really unusual for them to, to have reached any sort of national recognition. You, you know, you have teams like the Savannah Bananas, the Burlington Sock Puppets, the Danville Otterbots, the Dubsey Fish Sticks just recently made a splash. But in general, it, it was not typical when you all decided to launch this pretty significant nationwide marketing campaign about a collegiate summer level team in, in Portland. What was the thinking behind that? Well, I've always felt, you know, this... It's interesting because I think we, we go through a lot of different cycles and I think we're coming out of a point where, you know, the, the, when, when the pandemic hit, and I, I know this hit, this hit a lot of teams, especially because it was a few months prior to what was supposed to be a pretty big season for everybody. Um, you know, one of the ways that I think we wanted to keep, I wanted to keep the whole staff engaged was to listen, if we're going to have a once in a lifetime, you know, situation where we can't play baseball, then we need to challenge every single person in our organization to be as creative as possible to build storylines that can take us through this time period until we get to play baseball again. And, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, I, I come from a position of authentic marketing. I think that, you know, being true to who you are and amplifying the things that make you special is, is how you succeed and how you build audiences. Um, so we really just doubled down on what we could do in a time when we couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's really paid dividends for us, I think, over the last couple of seasons. Um, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a conscious effort to always re, you know, completely redefine who you are every day. And, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really social media for us is really important. I mean, we, I, I mean, my, my company, we do this for a lot of larger brands around the world and, and we see what works and what doesn't work and we get to test things and, and see about it. But I, I you know, I, I come down to it. A lot of it comes down to fear. Um, I think we, we've really gotten to the point where we, we aren't afraid to try things and try anything. And most importantly, understand that we try something when it works really well, there's always going to be a percentage of people that are haters. Mm -hmm. And so we understand actually when we get a hater or two on something, then we know, we did something right because we generated a reaction. Um, and I think that's a lot of what social media is right now is being able to relate to things and generating reactions from people. And, um, and we're, like I said, we're very fortunate to build up the community we have and we take it very seriously in our, in our joking, but it is very strategic. And what we do when we try to have fun and we try to bring, um, you know, we try to bring light to things that otherwise wouldn't be or try things that other people haven't tried before. And not everything works, um, but not everything's supposed to work. You know, just if, if enough works, then we'll just keep keep riding it. Sure, absolutely. One of the social media things that happened recently, and this may be the, from my perspective, it was the highest profile thing that happened to you guys, was where some random joker responded to a comment that your Twitter account had made on a, on a thread on Twitter. And he just said, pipe down Portland pickles. And this led to a, a, a series of interactions where you started it by saying, if, if you hit a hundred followers within an hour, you'll get a special prize. And so this guy goes out and he gets his hundred followers. And then there's a, a series of photos that you all post where Dylan T pickle and his big green fuzzy mascot hand is putting something in the mail. And then a few days go by and he posts on this same thread. He says, oh, no, or, you know, you, how did you do me like this or whatever? And it's, a, and, and it's the, the thing that Dylan T. Pickle had mailed him is just uh, like a note card. And it just says, you pipe down. <laughs> I shared that a thousand times. I mean, I was texting it to people. I, I mean, every time I opened it up, it, it, it made me laugh. The, the big mascot hand of dylan t pickle putting the the envelope in the mailbox was like just like the chef's kiss right like that was that was so funny 
what like what like what baseball team does that right i mean that 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 was just such a kick and it's i mean it's exactly what you're sort of talking about with like you you try a bunch of things you throw some things at the wall i mean you couldn't possibly have known that that was going to take off the way it did but tell me about the reaction to that i mean when that when that blew up the way it did yes and i need to give credit this is a hundred percent a our gm ross campbell uh knocked this one out of the park and and i know this was something that he he, he had in his head that he wanted to do. He may have tried this other times and maybe we you know, not, not tried it to fulfillment, but wanted to do it. And there's a lot of things that had to work for that. Like we, you know, he had to trick the guy into giving him his address <laughs> and won something. So he could do that. And then, so there, it was a multi, it was so many layers in this and it took a, over a week for him to actually get the, the letter. Oh my um, gosh. So yes, it's, it's the long, the long con, but it was, uh, it was it was pure genius, um, and 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 I, I I loved every second. And the reaction has been incredible. I mean, we put up a "You Pipe Down" T-shirt. I and saw it that out immediately. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it was great. I mean, it was super fun, and I, I and we're still kind of sending that guy pretend joke, you know, pretend prizes. Oh, is that right? <laughs> you might get like a wrapper or like a clipping from the a Portland newspaper <laughs> here and there. So it's. It, it was awesome. I'm glad you appreciated it. It was to me, it was that's about as good as it gets. Oh, I totally did. I I I loved it. And it just it brought me so much joy. I, I laughed at it every time. And um I, I, I tell the front <clears throat> office, you know, and I I don't know many of our teams, you know, I I I tell them I think it's really important that you know we're we're not we're not playing shortstop, you know, we're mm -hmm. we're not center fielders, we're not trying to hit 350. We win in other ways, you know. The players play on the play, and we can't control that but we can win off the field. And that's an example of, Hey, that was, you know, that's a grand slam. That's a division win. That's, that's as good as we get. So I think it's really important to appreciate these off season things we can control the off the field wins and winning on social media. And that is tremendously rewarding. <laughs> well, for everybody. So, so let's talk about, uh, you know, this is a, this is a podcast about baseball branding and certainly social media is, is part of that, but your brand consists of, uh, first of all, this mascot, this logo, the primary logo is based on, on Dylan T. Pickle, uh, who famously ran for president uh, in 2020. Did he win? I didn't notice whether uh, Dylan T. Pickle won the presidency. Him and, him and Kanye were pretty close on this okay. situation. <laughs> it was close. Uh, um, and he may make another run. I mean, he, he, that's he good. did go quite far. Yeah, he had a lot of good ideas, and he and he personally delivered uh, yard sale signs or yard signs to uh he to did his platform was really important i mean he, he really yeah. believed in you shouldn't be eating a sandwich on an airplane and you yeah. should you know he really he took all the hard issues yeah well you know i blame the two-party system for for that candidacy not getting more traction i really think that uh you know he's he, he's due for a strong run in 2024 there you go. So, so Dylan T. Pickle is your your primary logo. You have, and this is sort of an unusual circumstance, so far as I can tell, in uh, collegiate summer level baseball. But you have a essentially a feeder team. You essentially have like a, a minor league team, a farm team uh, called the Gherkins. And uh, when I first learned about this, I had to look up the word gherkin because I did not know what that was. But it is essentially a a little pickle. It's like you know, like you know, whereas your collegiate summer level team might have higher level collegiate players. This is maybe high school seniors and, and lower level collegiate players. They're the little pickles, I guess, the gherkins. Little pickles. They All are right. great. And, and it's been a, you know, it's interesting that this, this, this sort of experiment has, has really, really been great. I mean, from a lot of senses, I think from a, from a branding sense, it's been great. Uh, it helps in our system to be able to kind of bring people through um, but last year was really the first year they the Gherkins played as a as a real you know, affiliate um, team. And we had players, you know, not only going to the pickles, but we had players going all over the place. Um, there's 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 a ton of talent in this country for a collegiate level. And I think what we've really found is for a lot of the higher level collegiate level teams, um, they're going to be mostly D1 guys. Mm -hmm. And there's there's incredible talent at a lot of junior colleges all over the place. And these, a lot of these kids just aren't getting shots. And I think that's what we really saw with the wild West league last season, which, you know, has four teams in it now, including the Rosebuds. And these guys not only, you know, playing hard, but had, had great talent. Um, and, and we really started to see those guys just in a matter of a few months advance to all kinds of different levels. And 
So there's, there's absolutely a need for this. I think that this entire level that we talk about now is only growing um, by the year, just by the popularity of baseball. And there's just not enough spots for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can, you can see that because you don't hear about these teams going away, right? Like you hear about them coming on the scene rather than, than leaving. All right. We're going to, we're, we're, we're scrolling down the list here because there's, you guys have a lot going on. There's a, there's another logo, which requires a, a certain amount of backstory for the uninitiated. You know, if you, if you just were to to see this logo on a hat, I don't think there would, you know, you, you'd need a little interpretation here to get people to understand what you're looking at, but it is an upside down, essentially lawn chair. And, and it looks a little bit like a letter P like that. You can see the sort of arm of the lawn chair is making a letter P, but, and I'm sure that that's intentional, but why do you have a hat that is an upside down lawn chair? Well, this is, I think one of our favorite bits and you know, it, these are the sort of the nuances that make these teams so interesting that when they have sort of local traditions, um, we had a pitcher, uh, back in, uh, 2016, um, Maxwell Crom- Cromwell, who was in the bullpen and got excited and raised his chair over his head when the pickle scored a run. Uh, and then the next time someone else in the bullpen raised their chair. And by the end of that season, the entire bullpen raised their chairs uh, and the dugout raised their chairs whenever we scored a run. So what we've seen is that continue to grow. And obviously we encourage as much of that as possible. Um, so everyone whenever we score, it's just a huge ceremony of chair raising. And, it, and the, the differences between, you know, a, a small chair in a group area, um, there's huge chairs on our decks that are very heavy that people raise, uh, to now people actually creating their own mini chairs that they hold up over their heads. Um, there's at least a few dozen people that now have chair tattoos that when they lift their arm, the chair is then upside down and that sort of suffices as them raising the chairs. Uh, we've also made giant foam fingers as chairs to raise. So uh, this is one of those great pieces from when you go to a, a Walker Stadium Pickles game or Gherkins game, and you really get to experience this great, um, you know, tradition. And so we wanted to celebrate that with, a, you know, an alternative mark. Well, the upside down chair, I mean, it's obviously like one of those almost like inside jokes, right? Like that a fan showing up for a game is going to, you know, really, really appreciate. And, you know, obviously... Without without asking you that question, you know, I there's no way I ever could have known <laughs> that that's what I was looking at there. Yeah, it's um, funny. We just launched a, a retail store in downtown Portland, and we actually set up a whole wall display about what is it, why, you know, kind of a whole tribute to it, um, and you know, talked about the players and showed them how he's in their chairs. So it's a really fun it's a fun talking point because it, it it is somewhat special. And I've actually seen it popping up with some other teams over the last few years. Even I don't think it was in baseball. Um, and people have hit us up on social saying like, have you guys seen this? And this college is doing it or this. And it's like, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. So moving on for even, even more uh, brands here from the, the pickles, there's one that is uh, I know a partnership that you did with the trailblazers, which was sort of a, your version of their rip city uh, logo, which is dill city, which is, you know, if you were to, hold these logos side by side, you would see that uh, you've, you've treated the word dill typographically the way the trailblazers do with, with rip city. Mm-hmm. So what is the story behind the dill city logo? Well, that's a, it's a, that's a, um, that's another fun one. Um, we, we originally, we work with the Portland trailblazers to come up with something that we thought would be a, a great tribute to them. I mean, we're, we're, we're Blazers fans, you know, we're Blazers fans, we're Timber fans. I mean, we support, we support our fellow teams as to the fullest extent we can. And uh-huh. so we were, we, we wanted, I mean, the first year we were involved, like we got to do a Blazers night. We got to really celebrate their traditions and fun things they do at Blazer games. So um, we, we came up with a few different ideas um, that, that actually was not the original concept. There was a, there was a, um, it was a different one. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to, to my marketing buddy, Kevin, who said, no, 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 you got to go with this one. This, the deal city's the win. And I said, all right, I, I trust you. And, and, and it really has been great. And it's, we really appreciate the fact that they, you know, they wanted to work with us. They allowed us to do those things. They celebrated it. And every time we do a trailblazers night, every season, they bring out ex players and they bring out, you know, blaze and the mascot. And it's, it's, it's really great when you're in a, in a market where, other teams support each other because I, I know I've been in markets. I am where they don't, 
So yeah. I really, I don't take that for granted. I think it's really important that, you know, and, and really, really rewarding that they do support what we do and vice versa. Well, speaking of support, then you have, uh, you have some other partnerships that are really funny and unexpected. One of the partnerships that you have that I, I really love is this fellow pickle-based logo, pickle mascot in, in a European soccer team in Madrid, which is CD Leganes, I guess. Am I saying that right? Leganes. Leganes. Okay, I apologize for that. But they have a, a logo, a mascot, who is super Pepino. And <laughs> Dylan T. Pickle traveled to uh, in 2019 to madrid to meet super pepino and actually participate in the <laughs> in an exhibition game uh in front of 16,000 fans yes so um well first off how great is super is super pepino i mean he's a great who knew that that guy is just living in madrid and he's the guy and yeah and and this is a um this is a when we were there and they've, they've since been um moved around a bit but in 2019 this was the top division La Liga team and they let Dylan go out on the pitch prior to the game and, <laughs> and just kick things around it. And we were even told like, they were like, Hey, you guys better be careful. I mean, this is a, like they're the, the suits are there. I mean, this is a real league and we're just kind of messing around doing this thing. And right. it was, it was phenomenal. I mean, this, this is what we do. This is, we want to go all around the world and we want to meet characters who have similar interests and are open to taking risks and doing crazy things. And, you know, there's a tremendous story about, you know, we've been working with the Mazlan Venados now for a number of years. Um, and we went back down there to play against them a couple months ago as our Revenge of the Pickle game. And um, we're, we're finalizing, we, we actually, over the course of the last four years, we've, we've created a documentary about our experience with them. Um, and, and that will be coming out next year. So we're just finalizing that story. And um, but it's a it's really cool. And I think once you start to see, and I know you see this, Paul, more than anyone talking to everybody, is there's, you know, there, there's a lot of mutual respect and there's a lot of learning. And when you're open in this in this industry, it's cool how you can learn from people and what they do. And so especially when you're talking about a, a language barrier and a completely different culture, um, there's it's really cool to learn what they do and um, and continue to kind of build that out. And we've been doing that with teams all around the world over the last couple of years. And um, and you know, we've got some other big announcements coming next year with what we're doing, but I think we really, we find that quite rewarding when we get to collaborate and, and, and build these stories with our teams. Well, uh, first of all, the documentary coming out, that's a, that's a huge bit of news right there. I'm very excited for that. I can't wait. It's an so, exclusive <laughs> drop on about that. That's a, that's a good one. I think. Yeah. You're yeah, I will. I will anxiously uh, await that one. That sounds like it's going to be great. I also love that you just threw out the term you just said oh, we're going down there for our revenge of the pickles game like it's something everybody does and that's just a totally normal thing <laughs> um hey speaking of documentaries one of the the parallels that we drew in, in in the article that i wrote in 2020 last year about the pickles was to the portland mavericks and that has been you know i i think it's a really interesting comparison to make with the mavericks who first of all I brought up the documentary because they were featured in battered bastards of baseball. I know that there are various teams sort of in the, in the area that have done, you know, throwback nights and, and they've, you know, sort of done tributes to the Mavericks and uh, you know, there's another, there's another team actually wearing that, that uniform now sort of as a, a full-time gig, but the comparison of the pickles to the Mavericks, I think is it really touches on this point that you're making about just being willing to do sort of crazy things and, and put yourself out there in a way that, you know, isn't just about baseball, but is about building a, a narrative and a brand and, and, and having fun and sort of, you know, being a little crazy for the sake of, of building something that everybody enjoys. Uh, and I think that really relates to your, your Portland predecessor, the, the Mavericks. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, there are heroes. I mean, there's no question about what they did and I, I couldn't, I mean, it's, it's, it's first, I mean, it's one of the greatest documentaries and most incredible stories. It's, it's so good. No one's, no one's ever heard about it. It's incredible. Yeah. And I think that's one of those, you know, the victors write history and, you know, they were, you know, as to what happened to them, it's an incredible story. And it's important for people to know about them and know what they went through and what they accomplished because, you know, it's, it's incredibly flattering to, to, you know, to be compared to that, but 
what those what they accomplished is crazy and what they how they did it and i think there are similarities just in our approach you know that we we want to have fun this is fun this is not about if there's competition involved, but we're not playing. So if there's if we're gonna have three thousand people there, we've got to have fun, and we yeah. have to collectively have fun. And everyone needs to know that they're they're welcome, and we want them to be a part. We want, we want them to be a part of this. And I think that's what the Mavericks did really well, is that they they didn't feel like they were oh you know this is the team, these are the fans. It's one big group of people against the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, the stadium they were playing with didn't do them any favors and the city didn't do them favors and MLB was just trying to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And they came from nothing. I mean, it came from, hey, I want to try this and see what we can do. And, you know, they're forever, I think, one of the most important sports teams in all of, in all of Portland history. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely recommend watching that if you haven't seen it, that documentary battered bastards of baseball is, is just so good. You mentioned, uh, you know, part of that, that team was the players themselves were part of this, this culture. I, I know that, that you as the, the team owner and certainly the social media and the sort of marketing strategies that you all have had have played a big part in sort of how the, the pickles are seen now. What, at what level do the players get involved in really sort of embracing this, this maverick identity? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, you know, I, 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 it's something I say we struggled with, but it's something where I'm very conscious of, uh, <laughs> people may argue with this, but I'm very <laughs> conscious of what's happening between the lines of the fields. That's the players, that's the coaches. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get involved with that. I don't like, I don't want my players dancing. <laughs> I don't really want my play. I, I don't want them being goofy. I don't want them doing that. I, I think they've got a really important job to do. And they, they, you know, our, we have an incredible, you know, head coach and, you know, Mark Magdaleno and his, his coaching staff are, are, are incredible. And I think where I, you know, I, I say when there are people that are open to it, and I would say that a, a Portland pickle player has a certain, like we, we want a certain guy, you know, I think that there's absolutely you know, the chip on your shoulder guy, we want the guy who's been overlooked, we want the guy that's been too short or too small or this. And those are guys I think that do incredibly well in our organization. Um, but I also I, I want to be very mindful that, you know, these are young professionals, and they, they're working hard. And, and, I, and I don't want to, if we ask them, if we're going to ask them to do something, it's going to, it's going to probably be pretty important or to a, a larger thing. Um, but that's at the same point, like we don't make them wear goofy uniforms. Um, we don't do Star Wars night. We don't do Marvel Heroes night. Um, if we're doing a, an alternate jersey, it's a historical perspective. It's an interpretation. Um, it's a creative expression towards something that we think is super cool. Um, but, but I think it's important to, to kind of treat them with that kind of respect and leave, leave that to the coaches to, to really handle that. Because I've seen it go other ways in the past and it, it, you don't want your players uncomfortable. You mentioned, you said you've been in, in three leagues in, in six years. You're currently in the West Coast League. The commissioner is Rob Nyer, famous baseball author. Uh, during the, the year off, during the, the pandemic year, you invented essentially the Wild Wild West League, uh, which had two teams and then four teams. Is that right? It, it was, it was two years? Teams. Yeah, we had okay. four teams in 2020. Before that, it was the uh, the Great West League. Is there a reason for the shifting around? I mean, obviously, the Wild Wild West League that makes sense because it was induced by COVID. But the the move from the the Great West League to the to the West Coast League was the West Coast League more amenable to the the kind of marketing that you wanted to do? Yeah, I think we could have done fine if we wanted to stay in the Great West League. I think there were some challenges with as that was a startup league. I think when we got involved in the pickles, we said. There's so much we like about this, but the one there's a couple things that we just had to work towards getting into, you know, a better situation. I think one of those was we wanted to get into a higher profile league at the time, mm -hmm. um, and that and and for our footprint, that was the highest, that was the highest level league. Um, for for where the Great West League was situated, we were by far the farthest north team. Mm. Uh, it was very hard on those. You can imagine those bus rides during the summer that are going from Portland down to central California, really, really hard. So um, I, I think that, you know, we're able to, to really line up a few things and we're really appreciative. The West coast league was, was open to, uh, to having us be a part of it. And since we got into it and we've seen such tremendous growth with the league, and I think we're, we're really building a, a terrific footprint right now. 
one of the big things that that you've done as a team is that the the pickles are responsible for this we, we touched on the wild wild west league which has i think most notably the portland rosebuds which is you know that that could be a podcast all on its own right and and i wrote an article about it and i interviewed rob nyer about it and uh, you know that that is based on a a, a short-lived uh negro leagues team but with a crazy history uh you know owned by jesse owens uh the olympic gold medalist and they they only played one season in 1946 that team exists in the wild wild west league and then on the flip side of that you've got the willamette wild bills which has a platypus as a as a as a logo and then obviously our our portland gherkins and the uh, gresham gray wolves so these four teams are pretty disparate in their in their branding but they they came together to make up this this four team league that got everyone through covid out in that part of the country what was the thinking behind the the wild wild west league well when we first launched it i mean 2020 was i mean we were having conversations with i mean the, how are we going to play I, I think we just got to the point in 2020 where like we're we're going to play like we have to figure out how to, a way to play and mm-hmm. um and 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 do it obviously do it in, in the safest possible way but you know, we had to do something. And when we talked to, you know, the West Coast League, for the most part, the West Coast League teams, especially even because we've got so many teams in Canada, um, they weren't able to play. Um, but but what it did, it did create was an opportunity. There were a lot of players in the area um, who did want to want to figure out how to play. Um, so we, we were able to put together um, four teams in that in that conference, which evolved um, into the, the four teams that you speak about now. Um, and we, we do want them to be very diverse and we do want them to have their own identities. Um, you know, historically, the Gresham Gray Wolves um, were, were actually our, our ticket into the West Coast League. Um, when we originally purchased them, they were in the West Coast League um, and they've had a, they've had quite a history as well. So we wanted to keep that alive. We wanted to support the fans in Gresham and kind of bring them into a new situation. Um, but they didn't have a home field at this point. That's that was really um, prominent enough to be able to host games in the way that I think we wanted to. So bringing them into it. And then you've got the Willamette Wild Bills. And the, the Wild Bills are another fun one because we talk about a platypus. You know, the, the, we, we, wanted a, we wanted a platypus for a long time. You know, this is one of those things, especially with an organ situation, you've got the, the beavers and you've got the ducks. And what happens when you put them together? <laughs> you get our wild bills. I, I I may have to consult with a naturalist on that to see if that's where platypuses came from. <laughs> it, it it's a true it is a true <laughs> true story, and that's that is a platypus is a combination of those two guys. So uh, that's awesome. Thank you for uh, for not correcting my pronunciation of uh, Willamette. By the way, I know I said Willamette, which must happen all the time. Yeah, there's a couple key uh, Portland words. You, if you mispronounce, you will be forever shunned. So, well, I mean, there's so much to talk about, and you know, I mean, this is this brand is so much fun, and it's I don't know, it just feels so perfect for for Portland, Oregon, to me. I, I'm going to ask you here: Do you know, you know, could who who on the team would I go to for the best strategy? in a pickle situation, you know, who, who lines up where, where do they go? I feel like this must be, if you guys were to ever screw up an actual rundown during a game that, uh, you know, you'd never hear the end of it. Yeah. You know, the, it, it does happen. Um, and in fact, our, our, uh, we have a, we're very lucky to have a great Portland comedian named Jeremiah Coughlin who does our, um, we, we, this is a, probably a mistake but we basically give him a live mic for the whole game um, and he promises not to talk when things are happening but it, it inevitably happens anyway anytime pickles get in a pickle no matter what he's doing he's been eating a cheeseburger he's had a huge ice cream he's like and he'll just jump up and be like oh pickle in a pickle oh my god it happened it's crazy and and it does feel like like all things coming together whenever that happens so we, we, we take it as a good sign that the game will turn around. <laughs> I like that very much. Alan, where can people find you uh, or your team on uh, social media or online? You can find us at Pickles Baseball um, across everything, Portland Pickles Baseball or Pickles Baseball across all socials. PortlandPicklesBaseball.com is also out there. But yeah, feel free to follow us. We've got a fun newsletter we send every week and um, you know, join all, join in. We have, we have room for everyone who'd like to be a part of it. I have to imagine that anyone who is following me is already following you as well. So, uh, but just in case, you know, that's, 
Uh, appreciate you sharing that information. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me and for being on the podcast and for everything that you do for baseball fans everywhere. I can't wait to get out to the, to the Northwest and see a, a pickles game in person. We can't wait to have you. Thanks a lot. And, and good luck with the podcast. We're happy that you're doing it. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate that. All right, everyone, welcome back. What a huge, huge treat this is right now. The very first of many, I hope, the very first crossover episode where Ed Rivera from the Dad Hat Chronicles is here on Baseball by Design to talk about the Portland Pickles uh, for this episode here on the Portland Pickles. And we're going we're gonna to have Ed back as sort of a regular thing here. Ed and I have gotten to know each other over uh, Twitter. We're planning a baseball road trip in september of 2022 i think i guess the cat's out of the bag on that one ed i think we may have like... <laughs> but hey, ed, listen it go for it right absolutely that's going to be fun i mean i you know I, i've got you know a certain number of guest rooms anyway so my first kid will be off to college at that point so you know there's all sorts of beds in the house we can uh, we can put people everywhere love uh, it but we are here we're here now to talk the very first installment of the the dad hat chronicle baseball but by, by design this is like when lenny and squiggy would show up on Laverne and Shirley and uh, you'd be like, wait a minute. I know that voice from, from another podcast. So Ed, thank you for being here. Are you kidding me? I, you, you asked and I, I was here. That's well, all I, that, that was it. That's all you needed to do. Your podcast, the dad hat Chronicles is just a huge inspiration to me. I had been thinking about doing this podcast for a long time and just sort of mulling, you know, mulling and mulling and mulling. And then I saw you do it and the success you had with it and the fun you were having with it. You're such a genuine voice of, of positivity and enthusiasm for minor league baseball. And we share an affinity for a certain style of hat for the uninitiated. We sure do. Can you explain what a dad hat is? Well, um, so, so you have a lot of hats, right? I do. We, we all know everybody is, you know, very familiar with the 5950s. That's the most popular one out there. But I feel, you know, that the dad hat doesn't get, you know, the, 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 importance that it should because one they're unstructured right so if you sit on it if you step on it it doesn't matter you put it right back on and it's right there so it's adjustable um you have your my favorite brand 47 brand they have the cleanup that's their their main one that they use right 47 uh, brand who follows you on twitter which is amazing i love right? that you made that happen you guys started that <laughs> and and i was like let's do it and so they're following me now so uh 47 if you're listening i want you guys on the podcast so please come on i am a little uh, bit jealous that you get followed by 47 i'm a little jealous of that <laughs> I, I was excited i'm not gonna lie i i jumped up and i told my wife i ran downstairs and i told her <laughs> i think i almost cried not even gonna lie awesome. <laughs> Uh, but you also have New Era, right? So New Era Cab has their, like you said, their flagship, you know, hat, which is the 5950, but they also have a 920. Uh, and a little known one is the uh, Casual Classic, oh. which looks like 47 brand cleanup hat, just a little bit different on the brim and all that. But yeah, those are the ones that are adjustable. It's, it's easy to wear. They're, and also the most important thing about all of that is it is uh, cheaper than the 5950s. Absolutely. That's a huge deal. And it looks good, right? Like it looks yeah. good. So I, I love, I love that look. I know that, you know, not everyone agrees with us out there, but you and I are both dads. We both love right. the dad hat. So it's yeah. uh, I, I'm all for that. Well, and it's only fitting, right? It, it, <laughs> it is only fitting. Well, some of them are adjustable, I guess. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> thank you dad for jokes. laughing at that. That That's more laughter <laughs> than that joke. Yeah. Dad, dad jokes with the dad hat chronicles. It's perfect. <laughs> Uh, so in the course now of, uh, of this appreciation for hats that you have just by, by extension, you have developed a certain appreciation for logos themselves, you know, mm -hmm. and, yep. and it's, I, I always enjoy your, your unveiling videos. Uh, and I always enjoy your conversations that you have about the caps that you're wearing. Uh, I know that you are a Cleveland baseball fan. And so I know you have feelings on the, the guardians situation right now. You're, you're making the best of that situation. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll tell you, I like the name, but I'm with you. I think the logos could, could use some work. Although you and I were both on the same page. We wanted the, the spiders. I agree. We, uh, I think uh, marketing wide, it would have been a, a, a home run, right? Pun intended on that one. <laughs> if they would have gone with the spiders, right? Yeah. History yeah. already built in, you yeah. know, a chance for the team to rebuild on that, right? To forget yeah. what, 
you know, what a lot of people don't know about the spiders, right? But they they had a they had an opportunity. They missed it. I, I'm okay with the guardians, right? Guardians of the 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 traffic and all that, sure. right by the ballpark. Sure. Yep. But that wing G, uh, uh, yeah. I know, I know. It 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 looked like a, a character out of the 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 video game Crossy Road, right? Like it just looked like so it was so goofy, like this weird like '80s Atari 3D. You yep. know. Yep. Absolutely. Or how you had the the S. Remember how you used to make the three lines and top and the bottom, and used to make the S uh, or eight uh, with lines and all that. Yeah, that's what it is. If you ever see it, guys, that's what it is. I just I cannot unsee it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Uh, well, I you know what I should run this past um, the right after you and I speak here at the very end of this episode. I'm gonna have Emma Seegerman on, and Emma Seegerman is the the sort of social media, the Instagram uh, TikTok star who's been rating minor league baseball logos uh and so she's gonna she's gonna come talk about logos so i may have to run the guardians one past her here so hilarious too she's so funny isn't she so yeah oh, i'm very yeah. very much looking forward to to talking to her here so but anyway we're sort of burying the lead here ed uh on this very first episode of the dad hat chronicles baseball by design crossover i have just spoken with alan miller and we talked about the portland pickles who are a fantastic marketing experience out in portland oregon which has been home to all sorts of amazing baseball uh they own the wild wild west league they play in the west coast league there's all sorts of interesting baseball and baseball names out there but in your appreciation for for logos that you've developed over the course of accumulating this very impressive hat collection which (laughs) if you follow ed on twitter which you all should and if you follow me you probably follow ed uh, you have seen this wall of hats behind them. And I know we're just seeing a small fraction of the hats that you have back there, but I'll just, I'll just ask you the Portland pickles logo. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a, a sort of sense for the brand? What's, you know, as, as a, as a logo aficionado, what do you think? I absolutely, first of all, I love their brand altogether. I think they're, they do an amazing job. Like you said on Twitter, their presence is known all over minor league baseball so from that standpoint they're great um they have a lot of good hats on their on their website right now right so i'm looking at a couple of them right now uh they got the navy lime dylan uh 920 hat um it is first of all that green pops when you have the hat and it is black and that green just pops you know he you, you got the pickle right there with him wearing a hat as well which is great as well right so that's one of my favorite ones i also what i i own one of their hats and is their rosebuds um negro league baseball hat i own the blue one yeah and if you guys have not seen it you guys have have to go on their website you guys have to purchase it because this hat is fire it is amazing i it is so comfortable too for being a 920 hat it is a comfortable hat they are such a fascinating story too, because that that logo was created sort of out of thin air. The Rosebuds logo, like you said, it's inspired by a uh, a Negro Leagues team that played Correct. for like half a season, right? Like they only played for like half a season back in 1946. They were partially owned by Jesse Owens, the Olympic runner Jesse Owens, um, and so and then they were also they were headed by by Abe Saperstein, who was of the Harlem Globetrotters. So they have this like fascinating story. They played just for like a little while, but they couldn't find uh, any. And Rob Nyer tells this this story really well. The 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 famous author, baseball author Rob Nyer, who's the commissioner of the West Coast League, mm-hmm. tells this story about how they like researched the team and couldn't find any of that branding out there. And so they just basically had to create something that they thought here's what it might have looked like back in the day. So you have a rosebuds cap. And I do. So when, uh, when this episode goes up, we're going to have to get a picture of you in your rosebuds cap and, and put that up there. Um, now, absolutely. If you were going to pick a new hat for the collection from the, the pickles uh, website here now, which one would it be? Oh, it would be the uh, Portland pickles, the uh, Navy lime Dylan hat. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's, you know, I mean, they're, they got some great ones. Don't get me wrong. Right. Because they also have the, the gherkins one right there, which <laughs> is their blue one. Uh, and then the Willamette wild bill. So, I mean, they yeah. got some cool hats, but yeah. if you're going to go Portland pickles, I mean, you just can't go anything else, but the, you know, the Navy lime Dylan hat. Yeah. And it's, it is not a bad price either. So compared to a, like I said, a new era, 
5950, you're you're saving a lot of money, guys. This is the, the Dad Hat Chronicles Ed Rivera stamp of approval here. So, Ed, this is going to be a regular thing. We've got mm-hmm. an episode coming up on the Reno Aces, and we're going to have you back to talk about the Reno Aces. In the meantime, everyone should listen to the Dad Hat Chronicles podcast. It's an absolute joy for baseball fans. Ed, where can people find you and the Dad Hat Chronicles on socials? Well, uh, so if you go on uh, Instagram and Twitter, Twitter is where I'm mostly going to be at most of the time. Uh, it is the Dad Hat 216. Um, or if you want to look Dad Hat Chronicles, you can find it. But the easiest way is at the Dad Hat 216. And Instagram and Twitter. And I follow you in both places. You're a hero. Thanks for this. And we'll look forward to having you back soon. Absolutely. And if you hear my child, she is uh, crying right now because she does not want to go to sleep. Uh Oh, do you need to tend to that? No, no, we're good. <laughs> She'll learn. She'll learn. Sleep. <laughs> Eventually is <a> good <laughs> she will. She'll go to bed around 10 o'clock. What do you mean? What are you going to do? <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Ed. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Here we are for the Marvel Comic Universe style post-credit sequence. I'm very pleased to be joined by Emma Sagerman, who you probably remember from Twitter or TikTok. Instagram as well, Emma? Possibly. Okay, possibly. But Emma has been creating these really fun videos where she has been ranking minor league baseball logos with some criteria that are known only to Emma. But, it, you know, you're, you're doing a great job with, with these rankings. So it's been fun to watch. First of all, where can people go follow? Normally we do this at the end, but I want people to know right away. Where can people follow you on all the various socials? Yeah, so they're all the same username, just mseggy, um, E-M-M-S-E-G-G-I-E. Um, mainly Twitter and TikTok, though. Okay, perfect. So you do these videos where, you know, it, they're, they're the appropriate duration for a TikTok video and then you just put some minor league baseball logos behind you and you you rank them on a scale of 0 to 10 and if i remember correctly that scale has ranged from minus 11 maybe all the way up to 1000 out of 10 so there's you know this this out of 10 scale is somewhat amorphous here but what what made you think to start evaluating minor league baseball logos Yeah, so I always thought that the minor league logos were especially fun, especially the team names. Um, And then there's been a trend on TikTok since the start of TikTok of just ranking random things. So people will rank their roommates or the dining halls on campus or what they think of different Ikea furniture. Um, And I try to cater my TikTok more towards baseball. So I thought it kind of matched up. Well, I, I have to comment here. We're on Zoom right now. I just spoke immediately before this segment to Ed Rivera, who does a podcast called The Dad Hat Chronicles. I notice a wall of hats behind you that are not just baseball caps, but the dad hat style that both Ed and I are fans of. So first of all, we're happy to see the youth out there engaging in dad hat culture. So thanks for that. But you have, yes. uh, you have some Phillies hats. You've got the old powder blue twins hat. I see that you, you there's a C back there. I don't think that's Cleveland, though. What is the C hat back there? I believe this is a really old style Reds cap. I think it's one of their throwback caps. And you mentioned that you are a Cincinnati Reds fan. So yes. uh, so I love the hat collection. I love your your interest in minor league baseball logos. Can you tell us sort of, you know, in general, what are you looking for in a minor league baseball logo that, that's going to get it to that coveted thousand out of 10 ranking? So a lot of them are just discretion. So I know I've ranked several teams that I actually like their names and logos pretty low, just so that you get a variety of rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's generally whether or not it surprises me. Um, and that usually goes for different food names. Like I know I've ranked the Savannah, the Savannah Bananas pretty high, Montgomery Biscuits pretty high, Fish Sticks pretty high. Um, and then I also like it when it matches up a little bit with the city name. So when it's expected for the city, I enjoy that. Um, I think the El Paso Chihuahuas, I thought that made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also clarity. So I know the trash pandas, I'd never heard of someone refer to a raccoon as a trash panda before. So that threw me off. Okay. Um, okay. 
but also general discretion for comedy purposes. So like the like the Norwich sea unicorns whose logo is a narwhal. There's a lot of people out there who said just make it the Norwich narwhals, right? Like so that that sort of lack of clarity, but sea unicorns is kind of surprising. I did. I promised Ed that I would ask your opinion. I know that you ranked them already, uh, the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, in your first video, you ranked them. You said you don't know who that is, uh, maybe a double A team. I don't know. And I, I forget what you actually ranked them, but it was sort of mid range. Like it was sort of five out of 10. As a, as a baseball fan, a fan of logos, what's your feeling now with this new, uh, this new Guardians logo? I think it's fine. I think some of the more generic or obscure team names tend to work only when the team's really old so like the reds for example right. i wouldn't choose to name a team that now but i think it works with the history right um so i think they're trying to build that sense of history with it which is cool um but i don't know that it's the direction i would have gone i think a lot of today's major league names wouldn't make it out of the first focus group today right like you would never have a team called the yankees anymore so no so I'm just going to start with uh, sharing some logos here, and we're going to scroll through sort of rapid fire. As I mentioned, one of them is one you've already ranked, uh, but I just want to get your sort of immediate impressions on some of these logos. Again, this is an audio format, so uh, I will have to mention the team name as we as we go to them. So we'll just start. This has been the subject of conversation for this episode, Portland Pickles. I think it's cute. Again, I always appreciate a food name. Um, I also love it when it lends itself easily to a mascot and that mascot is used. And I know the pickles have used the pickle as the mascot, which I appreciate. Um, personally, I'd probably knock it just because I'm not a big pickle person, but I've been trying to grow on that. Um, so I might resist knocking it too hard for that. Okay. Do you want to give a number for it or you just want to comment on them as they go by? Um, I go for a nice seven and a half. Seven and a half. That's a good, that's a good ranking for, you know, collegiate summer level team. They'll take it. Yeah. Okay. The quad cities river bandits. Um, I think it's pretty fun. Um, I mentioned before when the names get a little similar between teams, um, I think you lose kind of an opportunity, but I like this a lot better than the trash pandas because I feel like I associate bandit a lot more with the raccoon than I do a trash panda. So I appreciate that. Um, I also like to give a point for just good baseball vibes. And I feel like a river bandit gives a good baseball vibe. So a medium seven out of 10. Okay. There are three, there are 120 minor league baseball teams in affiliated minor league baseball. And three of them have raccoons for logos. Uh, the other one that we haven't talked about is the Hudson Valley Renegades. Um, they're not in my list of, of logos here. Uh, okay. The Hartford Yard Goats. Um, I think it's a good logo. I think the bat is a really nice touch. Um, I don't know if it's an intentional pun, but I like yard and going yard and just the way that we refer to the baseball stadium as the yard. Absolutely. Um, I think that's I a would, connection people haven't really made on this logo before. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but that's a, that's a great connection. And then my other thing that I really liked about it is I think it would be fun for branding the word goat and how people use it for greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. I think that would be cool, like using it for the different players. Um, I also think the logo is really funny. So I'd give it a nice nine. Fantastic. Nine out of 10 for the Hartford Yard Goats. Okay. The Hillsborough Hops out in Oregon. Um, I'd say I'm a little partial to the ones that I've been to and I have been to the Hillsborough Hops. Um, so I give them a bonus point for that. I also enjoy when I went, they used most of their sponsorships were different breweries or beer companies, which I thought was really fun. Um, I also like, again, the pun. People like to say he's got hops when he's fast and agile. So I like that. Um, my only issue is I don't know if I would know if I wasn't familiar at all with beer that that's what it was referring to. I also don't know that I would recognize the mascot so I had to knock it there. So I'd give them like a six, but I really like it. Okay, very good. Six out of 10 for the hops. The Portland Pickles neighbor. I'm very jealous that you've been to a game. I have not been to a hops game. Okay, the Iowa Cubs, the AAA Iowa Cubs. Um, I have to knock them just because there's a lack of creativity when you don't 
changed the name at all. I know they have, I want to say the Smokies as one of their other teams. So I wish that they had just gone with a bear theme and changed it for each minor league affiliate instead of just making them all Cubs. Um, so loss of potential and lack of creativity makes for a one, a zero. I'll go with one. One. Okay. You give them one because they at least put the word Iowa in front of it. I don't know. This is, yeah. I am, I'm 100% on board with you on this. I think actually the hardest I laughed in your first video was when you were ranking the Oklahoma City Dodgers and you said, you're a Dodgers team. I get it. Good for you. Something like that. So that, that cracked me up in your first video. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have unique names. I mean, we're seeing there's so many great unique nicknames out there and you're going to be the Iowa Cubs. Yeah. Oh, and the Grand Junction Rockies. That was another one that you knocked in one of your yes. videos. Yeah, absolutely. They deserve it. They deserve to be knocked. <laughs> All right. Chihuahuas. This is one you've already ranked in one of your videos, but I wanted to bring it up again because I enjoyed your comment on it. Yeah, um, I stand by my point that I don't like that it's angry. I understand that an angry Chihuahua is probably more likely to win than a not angry Chihuahua. But as a Chihuahua owner, um, I feel like people think they're always angry and I don't appreciate contributing to that stigma. Um, I think it's really cute though. And I like that it matches the city. So I think I gave it a six, something like that. It was some somewhere mid range. You gave it like a five or a six, I think. Yeah. So, all right. The Vermont Lake Monsters. Um, I think it's really cool. I did a brief Google search on this one a couple of days ago. Um, and I like, I think they named their mascot something historically related to the city, something about a lake that they had, which I thought was cool. Um, I think it's fun. I think maybe I'm biased because I'm a Reds fan or yeah, because I'm a Reds fan. So I'm familiar with the dragons, but I feel like there are a lot of teams that just have vague monsters as their mascots. Um, so I had to knock them there, but I do like the idea of lake monsters. So seven okay all right seven out of ten they're they're named for they're right there on lake champlain and they have a like sort of loch ness monster style myth there about champ the lake monster yes. in lake champlain and so their mascot's name is champ and then when they renamed the team they were thinking about just renaming renaming the team in favor of their mascot and just being the the vermont champs or champions but they hadn't won a league title in like 20 years and they decided that that probably wouldn't be appropriate. So they went Lake Monsters instead of Champs. How humble. I know. Okay, last one, the Great Falls Voyagers in Montana. I liked that one. Um, my only concerns with it are part one, that the logo looks like a softball and not a baseball. Mm. So I would expect it not necessarily to be a baseball team just from the logo. Um, I also was a little confused because like I said earlier, I think it's fun when the theme matches with a major league club. So I think the Cubs have done the Smokies because it's a bear. Hmm. So there was a moment where I thought it might be an Astros affiliate, but it wasn't. Right. Um, so I knocked it for clarity again. I think I gave it like a three. Oh, a three for the Great Falls Voyagers. Okay. That's uh yeah, their their little mascot there, he does look a little bit like Orbit from the Astros. So that's uh they are they're named for a famous UFO sighting in Great Falls, Montana. So that's kind of a the connection that they're making. So well, this is this has been fun and informative watching you uh evaluate these logos in real time here. Are you gonna be creating any more uh, minor league baseball ranking videos? Yeah, I think I had a couple teams comment that they would like to be ranked in the future. Um, <laughs> You're an influencer. So yes, I definitely have a few still on my list to get to. Awesome. What made you decide to do the Appalachian League specifically? Um, I think it was I had a couple teams specifically from the Appalachian League that had engaged with it. Okay. Um, and yeah. I think it makes sense to go league by league since a lot of them are pretty small. Sure, sure. Hey, I'm going to ask you about two more. These are these are surprises here because I'm they're the ones I just happen to be wearing. This is the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. I don't know how well you Ooh. can see that, but that's a uh, a little surfing uh, blue crab from the from the Jersey Shore. And if you're here in Philadelphia for school, you're not too far away from uh, the Jersey Shore. So I got this on the boardwalk in Ocean City, New Jersey. What do you think about the the Jersey Shore Blue Claws here? 
I enjoy it. Um, I've personally never been pinched by a crab all the times that I've held a crab. So I appreciate that they're nice to me specifically. Right. Um, so probably a nine out of 10 for them. Very. It's a very good logo. I like it very much. And they always tell you to have a clawsome day when you go there. Ah. Uh, I know, isn't it adorable? <laughs> and then my t-shirt today, let's see if you can see this here. This is the New Orleans baby cakes. Oh, and, that's incredible. Yeah. And the baby cakes, they're named for the little king, uh, the little, the little plastic baby Jesus that you find in a king cake uh, on, on Mardi Gras. Yes. I love that. I think it gets the points for matching the city, gets the points for being funny and the food bonus points. So I think I have to go at least a thousand out of 10 to be consistent. A thousand out. Of, we finally got the logo that got the thousand out of 10 in real time here. So that's awesome. Sadly, the baby cakes are no more. They moved to Wichita. They're now the Wichita Wind Surge. I know it's the ever-changing landscape of minor league baseball. Um, Emma, this has been super fun. We're going to be on the lookout for more of your videos. Thank you so much for yes. coming on and, and talking. Thank you so much. M Seggy, E-M-M-S-E-G-G-I-E. -E. That's where you can find Emma on the socials. Uh, Emma, thanks so much. And, uh, yeah, thanks for hey, having me. Go Pickles. We can pickle that!